With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, 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 y'all. This is Miss Lisa and Miss Tony, and we are welcoming you to the chat room. Hey, see? Hey, Lisa, girl, how you doing this Thursday evening? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This is our third show for 2020. Uh, we are featuring the vendors and authors that will be attending Vision and Books 2020 this weekend. Uh, if you are in the, in the Atlanta area, please come on out. Come on out. Tomorrow we're having our Books and Visions Mixer, uh, which is going to be at Sweet Georgia's Juke Joint, uh, 200 Peachtree Street in Atlanta from 5 to 8. And we'll love to be able to... Uh, Mix and mingle with you if you want to bring your school supply donation. You can bring that as well. Um, I've just been busy. Oh my gosh, I got <laughs> you know I have uh, so many different things going on. So many different things going on. So I'm just trying to kind of get my get my my feet together. Get my feet together. I have uh, I got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I know you do, Lisa. And like we said, once again, thank you for joining us. My name is Miss Tony. And if you missed the first two parts of our series this week, 
check out our archives. We've had some tremendously fabulous guests on the show that are going to be joining Alicia this weekend. And like she said, if you're in the Atlanta area, just come on out and support these authors and vendors. But first and foremost, you may find another author that you may enjoy reading their pen, and you'll be supporting our awesome cause that Lisa has put together. It's a second-grade uh, classroom down there in her area. And even if you're not able to make it, you may want to donate some supplies, which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get with you, Lisa, a little bit later and just confirm that I'm not duplicating something that's already been sent or that is being sent. So once again, welcome to Part 3 of Visions and Books. We're so happy you're joining us this evening. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um so the visions and books visions visions and books really is every shade of Leisha. Um and mm-hmm. it's everything every shade of me, the things that uh that are important to me, literature is important to me, literacy is important to me. Um I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I, I sell paparazzi. So all of those things I think is very important to create your own lane. And I want to make sure that in creating my own lane that I'm I'm blessed to be a blessing to other people. And so what mm-hmm. we did was at book events, you know, it's normally there. You're selling your book. You're meeting your authors. But I wanted to do a little bit more. You know, we always talk about mm-hmm. this. If you're mm-hmm. just listening, this is your first time listening to Let's Chat, welcome. But we like to give a 31 flavors type of experience. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, you know how you go on to Baskin and Robbins, you go on to Cold Stones, and you get the little bitty spoon, and you're visually looking at something like, ooh, that looks good, ooh, that looks good. Well, that's what readers do with books. And you never know what you like as a reader until you actually have tasted that author's pen. And so in mm-hmm. the Books, I made sure that I have different kinds of authors. Um, because really, personality is part of the packaging for an author. That's part of their brand. Their personality, their cover draws people in. Their content holds people. Their synopsis says, buy me. Um, but their personality draws people to them, especially if they have never been familiar with their work. And so we want to make sure that we're given that type of experience, but at the same time giving back to the community. So I was going to do a book bag drive, and I was like, everybody does a book bag drive. We get like 500 book bag drives a year, but we still get that packet from the teacher. Now, y'all parents know what I'm talking about. That's that packet Mm -hmm. you get when they get back from school, from the first day of school. It's either $200, $300, depending on their grade, $500. And they need paper towel. They need this. They need that. They need you to color code this. So you need this this folder that looks like this, but it's got to have this kind of glaze, but this class don't want the glaze, a whole bunch of of extra things. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to help parents be able to lighten that financial load because really if that's a stressful time financially for parents, especially if you have more than one child. And I figured, okay, well, book bag drives, they help, but they're not really helping because we're still getting this list. And a lot of parents don't know that list is year-round. That's a re-up offer. These are things that we're supposed to do year-round for the classroom to make sure that the classroom is able to be sustained. 
And so mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I reached out to someone, and I, I asked to be connected with some teachers. And so she connected me with some teachers, and I picked this teacher. And I didn't know anything about her when I picked her. Um, but I just liked her energy because she was like, oh, yeah, you know, just a go-getter for her students. And that's the best part, the best kind of teacher for me, um, a teacher mm-hmm. that's a real go-getter for their students. And um, I just asked her to give me her wish list. She told me how many kids she had, 19 to 21 kids, because we're looking at next year, too. And it's not a one-time thing. You know, my goal is to be able to bless um, two to three transitioning grades. Um, And I say transitioning grades because those are the grades that need the most assistance. Um, when kids are transitioning from, that's like eighth grade, kindergarten, ninth grade. You know, high school is a whole other type of situation. That's a whole other type of list that you get in there. You know, and it's a little bit more expensive. And so I want to be able to, to do all grades, not just the little kids and leave out middle school and not just middle school and elementary school and leave out high school. Um, so eventually it's going to be more than one grade. Uh, but for right now, it's just me, so we just got that one. And she gave me her wish list. Uh, and authors have been, uh, children's authors have been submitting books, sending books for her student library. So we have tons and tons. Y'all are so great. I just want to say that. Shout out to everybody that has sent books. They got so many books for this classroom. I think the classroom library is going to be reg- better than the school library. So many different type of books. Shout out to uh, Terry Woods. Uh, she has a children's book out. She gave all the kids in the classroom their own personal book, plus she put a book in their in their uh, classroom library. Um, mm-hmm. Author C.F. Uh, Hardy, she sent her books out. Um, Ivy, Lee, author Ivy Lee sent a case of books. I mean, just authors really just blessing the kids. Um, and that's really what it's about. And so that is my um, community outreach program. Um, there's so many things that I want to do, and I try not to uh, get wrapped up and lost in the sauce because sometimes you got to contain it and you got to organize it, and you got to be able to control your vision sometimes, even though your street is paved just for you. The construction uh-huh. can be delayed, things can happen, but everything is paid just for you. Go as fast as you want, start when you want, restart, however you want to do it. That's 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 going to work for you. Um, but you still got to control it. You have to have some kind of control, or you'll start things, but you'll never finish them because you'll have so many ideas that will pop up, and then you'll, you'll have, oh, we can do this. Okay, let's start this. Oh, we can do this. and then So you got to have some control. Um, and so I'm excited that these authors have chosen to be able to um, just support me, support my vision, support the things that I want to do for the community. You know, they're sharing their time, their space, and their craft uh, with the public, with me, and I appreciate all of them for that. Um, and I'm excited. It's this Saturday. If you're in the Atlanta area, come on out. We are going to be at the Renaissance Concourse Atlanta Hotel uh, by the Atlanta Airport. It's on from 4 to 8 p.m. We have six sponsors. Uh, so 
Sweet Georgia's Juke Joint is one of our sponsors. They have actually donated their party space for us, which is really dope. Um, great food, great entertainment. That's tomorrow. That's the mixer. Come on through. Come on through. We are be glad to have you. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> you have so much, so much, so much to be excited for, Alicia. And I just want to give a shout out to Terry as well. You know, she, her book, her series is based on her fur baby, Marley. I'm an animal lover, so it touches my heart, and I'm so happy not that, that each one of those students. That's Terry. Yes, Terry Woods. Oh, I thought you said Terry Woods. No, oh, the other Terry. Okay, it's so the many Terrys that we know. But her her <laughs> book, she has a great children's book as well. Oh, okay, yes. I know which Terry you're talking about. But hers is on her Terry fur Branch. baby. But if you're yes. right, Terry Branch. But if you're in that area, make sure you head on out. And Leisha and I, you know, we always get started. But we may have so many new listeners that are listening to Let's Chat tonight. Welcome once again. But just to give you a short synopsis of what we do here on Let's Chat, we have so much that we celebrate. You know, Leisha and I started out just celebrating literature, but we have grown. Our journey has taken us in so many different directions that it's not just literature that we're passionate about. We're just passionate about the dopeness of the arts. Every art that can touch um, someone in our society, we are passionate about it. And pretty much they've come to the doors of Let's Chat. But we celebrate that in a royal way, no matter what it may be. Now, our show allows our listening audience, as well as our guests, to get together in a fun, intimate, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do, because Leisha and I, we are so passionate about what we do. And we're excited to share that. And we just like doing it in a fun and Fun, friendly, intimate environment. There's so many words trying to come out at once, Lisa. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's our word tonight. <laughs> I know. So we hope you guys are getting ready for part mm-hmm. three. Yes. Y'all, let me tell y'all, if y'all have not read any of this author's books, listen. I never knew I liked romantic uh, historical romance books. I never knew that uh, until Arthur Ingrid Brown came on our show a couple of years ago, and she introduced me to the Douglas women. And then I met another fabulous, fabulous lady, Arthur Piper Hughley. Let me tell y'all. She done took it all to a whole new level. I'm like, oh, okay. She is so creative. She's been, I mean, just she's a teacher. Um, she's an educator and just has a passion um, for historical romance, and she puts her foot up in that thing, don't she, T? She sure does. <laughs> so we're going to bring her up in here. Now, these are all spotlight interviews, so everything is, is not full interviews. Uh, we will be bringing you know, the different authors back to do their full interviews because a lot of them have projects coming up that we want to make sure that we we talk that talk about. Okay. She's in Hey, Piper. Hey, how you doing? We're excited. Thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm just sitting here, like, just waving at myself. I'm like, oh, my goodness, she's talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we had somebody on our show Monday, uh, Tuesday. Was that Tuesday, uh-huh. T? And it she was, was a um, fan. Yeah. She had a fan moment. Mm-hmm. 
It was like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet her. She's a vendor. She was like, I can't wait to meet her. And I'm going to sit her table right next to yours. <laughs> I look forward to that. <laughs> so we got to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Okay. Um, let's see. I was teaching about, oh, it's getting on time now, like 10 years ago-ish. Uh, and I found myself, whenever I was talking about uh, the literature in my class, I was really trying to get the students to understand the history because it's not, you can't um, understand the literature without understanding the history. And so there would be times I'd get all carried away with the historical part, you know. So I, I was thinking, is there some way I can bring this across to, and I, I noticed it just wasn't my students, it was other people who weren't aware of the circumstances of um, black people and the, the great things that we did that were not all victims, that uh, our ancestors did mighty and wonderful things. Um, how could I bring that across? And so it finally occurred to me um, after several other little kind of, like, I guess they were like God moments in terms of, hey, here's what you can do. Write these stories and let people learn about the history in a way that's, you know, a little bit more engaging, more fun maybe than what people think history is, sitting down and memorizing a bunch of dates and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. of, you know, a certain group of people. That's not what history is. And we've for too long had an incorrect and proper understanding about what history is, I think because of the way that it gets taught in school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it took me a, a couple of minutes to realize it, more than a couple of minutes, but I did, and I've been off to the races ever since. <laughs> Listen, now I want to talk covers because, you know, we're book bougie over here. Let's chat, Tony and I. We are very book bougie. We never, we never used to admit it. We, we didn't. We didn't admit it at first. We we just embrace it now because that's what it is. So, but I, one thing I love about your covers is that they're clean, crisp, but they're very um, elegant. Okay, thank you. So where do you yeah. come up with your process for creating the covers? Well, I knew that, well, I had made a certain a point in my journey to try to be published traditionally, and then I saw how well that went. When basically <laughs> I came to some understanding that the industry wasn't ready for me, even though. not ready. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to go ahead and do this myself. And so I took some time. It took me about two years, actually, to build up a platform, etc. And a friend told me about um, designcrowd.com. And designcrowd is where you can go in and name a project, um, tell them about your project, and a series of artists will go all around the world where they are, and they'll bid on your project, um, and they'll put things in to show you how they could 
they could fulfill the needs of your project. And then when the little window of time you have, and then when the window of time is over, you select a winner. So I did that, and there were some very interesting submissions that came in. (laughs) 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 A little bit. Um, a little bit nervous about it. I was like, these people from all over the world, how are they going to know anything about black people, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so there was there was one, and I was like, okay, this might be it. But the dude, I called him Devo. I said, Devo, he wouldn't show me what the back of it would look like. And so I was, like, going to settle on him more or less. And so then the deadline closed. But then I noticed a submission came up, and it was the cover for The Preacher's Promise. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? It was this mm-hmm. dude from Singapore. Wow. Who did it. And it was just beautiful. I, don't know, like, I guess he did know something about black people because I've been very insistent. I wanted, I wanted people on the cover, even as I knew that that might cost me sales in a certain way with certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I've seen, like, people of all stripes, black and white or whatever, to, like, will see that cover and walk away from it. It's, like, too much for some people, I think. Or they make a presumption mm-hmm. about what it's about or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people uh, um, saw it. Some people saw it and they started crying because it made like people of that time period more real to them. Maybe it's too real, right, for some people. But um, he was the winner, and I, I worked with him on other covers in the series in the Hound Milford College series. And mm-hmm. uh, then I'm, I'm sorry to say he died. So otherwise, he would still be my cover artist. <laughs> Wow, absolutely. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and then um, I moved on to some other cover artists, but it is a very important part of what my process is. And I, I have um, I have um, asked artists to make covers for me, but if I don't feel just right about them, then I won't release. I'll just mm-hmm. hold on to it. I'm like, okay, you got your money, but I don't know if that one's ever going to be <laughs> <laughs> right, and but you know what? You have to when when it's when you are creative, and when God has unleashed that creativity in, into you and giving you the ability to do that, um, you get picky sometimes. You're like, mm, I don't know if I want to do it like that because you want to make sure that you uh, are are holding your creativity to a specific level. So I definitely understand that. But I want to go and back because we are. Go okay. ahead. No, I was about to say, and the, the fact I think I credit the covers actually with other people in the traditional industry waking up and realizing that this could be a thing. I don't know. It, it, I don't think it was just me, whatever. But the kind of thing I do in terms of historical romances that um, are sweet that, rep, rep, that represent this more courting side of stuff as, in, as opposed mm-hmm. to like hot, hot sexy time stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it made people realize it was a thing. So, like, oh, that's what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. T, you see how she broke it down? She said it's more of a courting. 
and not hot sexy time. Mhm. Mhm. Play of words. The play of words. <laughs> but I want to go back because you know here on Let's Say we always talk about um, a goal moment, and everybody okay. has that goal moment. And the goal moment is, I want to go back to when you decided to actually sit down and publish your books. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times something is a thought. And we're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. And then you like, it comes up again. And it's like, no, it's not the right time. Or it comes up and you start, but then you never, like, finish. You're like, okay, I can't really do it right now. But then it comes that that one moment where you, it's like a go moment. It's like, go, do it. What was that moment like for you? Well, uh, to be honest, I had held off from sub- self-publishing any earlier because I knew it would take a certain investment of money, of finances. That as someone at a, as a professor at historically black college didn't have, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like without that little nest egg or whatever, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, at least mm-hmm. you know. So I I, I, I towards doing it and thought about how I would save up for it and everything. But honestly, it was when my mother died. Mm. And uh, six months before she died, she had kind of uh, spoken to me in a kind of a harsh way and say, okay, so when are you going to do this? And when, are you, when is it going to happen? And I was like telling her, I was like, Mom, I said, just because I don't speak about it doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know, she was like, well, you need to make it happen. And I thought, okay, okay. I'm like, well, we don't want me. So I, I saw that as her blessing, you know, for me. It's something we always talked about in terms of me being a published author from the time I was a, a, a relatively young child. And so I was like, okay. So, yeah, now um, here it is. It's, it's time. So that was my good moment um, to making that happen. And so then, yeah, within uh, the next year, um, it happened. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hi, but this is Tony. Do you feel that you use that as the catalyst to, to make sure that you always put out the best that your pen can produce? Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another thing. Um, I feel like too many uh, people in terms of now because of the process of self-publishing just want to slap mm-hmm. something out here. Um, right. That's, no, I, that can't be. Um, it, it has to be, like you're saying, um, the best. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, in terms of like, like the cover and all of that, I don't put anything out there until I feel um, that it's ready. To be put out there. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's was my standard. I don't know what other people been like, you know, but it, it just like only takes like one thing, one bad book, one project, and then that's it. And right, turns off on you, and it's like um, it's hard to get that um, goodwill back again. So. Mm-hmm. But that's true. You know, this is Tony once again, Piper. But that's true because, you know, you have readers out there. Sometimes if you're not familiar with an author's pen, you give a good a book, a certain book, a chance, and that happens to be the book that you feel that you've done put your best in. And that cannot make that 
Rita come back, you know. Right. Um, here on the chat, we say word of mouth is, is the essence of what gets books and authors out there because if you read a good book, you want to share it with other people. And if you read a bad book, you want to share that as well. So you always want to be on your A game because you never yeah. know when you're going to get a new reader. That's true. That is absolutely true. And, like, I mean, there's too many things to read. Let's face that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, me, you know, I, I, cause I still love to read and I'm still reading stuff, but you know, there are a lot of things out there to read and I'm of a certain age. So my time is valuable. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't have me by a certain point in time. I'm moving on. Right. I see all these people out here talking about, Oh, well, I bought the books. I'm compelled to finish it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> So, if you do not have it, I am moving on. That's how it is. I don't well, have now, no Alicia, because you said that, I got a question. What mm-hmm. what kind of genres do you enjoy to reading? Well, I, I read an awful lot in terms of what I write. So I do read a lot of um, historical fiction more. So, and, um. I also enjoy um, cozy mysteries a lot. I enjoy um, romantic suspense a lot. And I, I sort of, for those two uh, fields, have been really looking with an eye towards encouraging uh, other friends of mine uh, who are black to get in there because, and, I, and this is part of what, you know, like an initiative I have, the numbers of people of color, and I mean like black people, I mean Asian people, in these other uh, sub-genres, um, they need to be colored up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend, some, of, some of my friends call me a bully. I'm not a bully. I just want to say that. I'm friends. <laughs> Don't clean that up. Uh-uh. See that teacher, y'all. See See that teacher that you you done worked so hard on this five-page paper that she asked you to write. You worked hard, and then when you get that paper, you got all these red marks all over your paper. She got side notes like, what's this? <laughs> now, hold up. You know we can't use red no more. Oh. English, English department's. Stop using red pen because the stu- they said the students can't take that no more. So my pen is green. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now it's green. <laughs> so how do your students respond? You know, you're you're a, a professor at a um, HBCU. <laughs> how do they respond to their history teacher? Also be an well, author. Yeah, they're sometimes they're kind of surprised when they come by my office, and my office has my some of my book covers in there, so they register a little surprise at that. Sometimes they ask me, "Why don't you teach that?" And it's like that's it's not for me teaching my uh, books or using his books. It's just that like, you ever see a professor doing that run because that's somebody just trying to collect up some royalties. There's like a serious conflict of interest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With that, my books are for you to find pleasure and enjoyment in reading, even when it's not for class, right? So that is, is for some of them, 
is um, a very uh, like surprising kind of thing. Like it never occurred to them before, like <laughs> that they might read the pleasure outside of class. So. <laughs>
We have fabulous guests on today. If you missed our first guest, author Piper Hughley, no worries. Just head over to our archives and check out her interview. You can also catch it on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio or any podcast app will allow you to take less chat wherever you are. If you want to be a guest on our show, just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We also have a lot of um, independent artists that send us music. So if you want to send us music and you want us to be able to sample and support your music, you're going to send that to the chat radio show at gmail.com, but you must send an MP3 format for that. We're going to take a brief break, and then we are going to be back with the fabulous Nicola Mitchell. All right. Uh, running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat. Better yeah, yeah. come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Thinking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carrots, you motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last day. Right. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, uh-huh. I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I squeeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cold Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the south It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a break Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit hey, First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here, bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a shit uh-huh. Pop pills, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Spit like the vibe for the DC Slapper to the bitches, I wish sleep hype, yeah You don't want it with the kid from Jersey Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Feel like a mic Come with fire, stop putting on your rap shoe lighter You ain't never do a big, you a bitch nigga You be lying in your rap, you ain't rich nigga You don't want no war with the kid nigga I run up in your motherfucking crib nigga I kill you, kill you, kill you And leave no witnesses And write a book about it Like OJ Simpson did I'm a savage nigga I am out of my mind I'll hunt you down if you got diamonds and right. I'm on my grind nigga So don't you waste my time And if you disrespect the king, you know you cross the line I see you haters nigga I hear you haters talking You gonna end up six feet deep in the fucking coffin. I'm about my paper, I'm about my thriller, I'm counting figures. I seen a cross in your eyes, that's why you switch, nigga. Oh, you a bitch, nigga. I'm counting chips, nigga. You keep on chasing ass, I'm getting rich, nigga. Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I'm born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling. 
Feeling possible right out the door for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no apple pick Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this here Hey!
alright, alright, alright. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Last Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got the fabulous Miss Tony here. I love me some Shalomar too. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. That's that old school real music. Right. Shalomar gets the party started, okay? Every time. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We are talking that talk, everything about Vision and Books 2020. Vision and Books is going to be this weekend. Friday is going to be our mixer from a 5 to 8 at the Sweet Georgia's Duke Joint. Um, I'm excited. Saturday is going to be our literary book event slash pop-up shop because we have regular vendors as well as authors there. Um, at the event, it's going to be at the Renaissance Concourse Hotel uh, near the Atlanta airport. Uh, there is no cost to get in. We just ask that you submit a or bring a school supply to donate. What we have done this year um, is we have partnered with uh, a classroom, and we have adopted a, a teacher in her classroom, and we're going to be able to pour into those kids and be able to bless them with school supplies, uh, books, and different things that they need. So I'm excited about being able to do that. We have our next fabulous guest. We love when she comes on here, y'all, because she comes on mm-hmm. here and she drops jewels. But she has been doing so much moving around, and when I talked to her earlier, I told her she inspires me. Um, she really, really does because she works really hard uh, for her nonprofit. She works really hard as an author, and I appreciate everything that she does um, because she doesn't have to do these things, but she's a giver, uh, and she gives to all of those around her. And it's the fabulous mm-hmm. Nicola Mitchell. Welcome. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hi, my love. Hey, Tony. Hey, Lisa. Hey. Hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> I am awesome. Today was fabulous. <laughs> First, I want to say congratulations because you were chosen by L'Oreal. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that experience. Um, I am one of the 10 women. There's 140 nationally now. Um, 2019 Women of Worth. So they picked uh, me and my organization, Girls Who Brunch Tour. So I'm in L.A. right now representing them. We went to the Black Women in Hollywood event, which was so freaking amazing. Like I just got back to the hotel right now. So I'm mm. so happy to be here. And um, with just to know that a brand like L'Oreal and how much diversity they have and have on their team, their staff, and with us, within us, and they treat us like royalty from... fly back to Atlanta tomorrow night, there's going to be a car service taking me back home. It's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. God is good, you know. And who would have thought this little black girl wrote a book because she was in a bad relationship 10 years ago? You know what I'm saying? Thank you, jerk, for giving me the inspiration. <laughs> because 17 books later, 8,000 girls later, I'm here. So look at God. Won't he do it? Absolutely. He absolutely will. 
I want to go back though. I want to go back. Yes, ma'am. You sat down and you decided to write this book based on a, a relationship experience. You know, here mm-hmm. in West Cal, we always talk about a goal moment, and so your goal moment is always there's always some small ideas before you actually go. Um, and right. so first time it's a thought, and you're like, nah. Second time it's like, no, maybe you might start it, but you didn't finish it. You didn't just really kind of commit to that particular um, vision right. that you had. But tell us, what right. was your goal moment when you decided to publish your first book? Um, like I said, I was in a crazy relationship, and I don't even think he's a bad guy. I just think, you know, it's what a lot of women and mothers do for their sons is that baby boy syndrome and they teach they treat them like they're um the king and they could do whatever they want because they really didn't have a man in their life to give them what they needed so she created a monster within him and he was dating other women there was high speed chases it was a time i pulled up and i and he knew i was on my way they had a woman hiding in the garage, naked, with a sheet wrapped around her on a workout bench. Like, it was real. And I would just document these things. And my girlfriends, the night that I graduated from college, it was my um, graduation party, they were like, you know, you should write a book about this crap, you know. And I'm like, really? You know, I uh, I don't know. And I took those scenes, those situations, with my creative mind, switched things around, and wrote my first book over and over again. And, you know, it was, I think it was 10 months later, I became a bestseller and I just started dropping books every couple of months. And like I said, now I'm 17 books later, but it took the energy of having, you know, you have to transfer the energy sometimes. Sometimes, um, that's like if we're abused, if we were neglected, we harbor those things as women, right? And the only way you're going to get rid of them and get them off your shoulder, off your back is if you transfer that energy and make it a positive thing. So even like with my nonprofit, I took, I, I was raped. I was, you know, four times before I turned 16, but I transferred that energy into something positive. So now I can get up and talk about that to anybody. And it don't bring any tears to my eyes because, you know, it's just a transfer of energy and making it, I'm commanding my life now, not negative commanding me. Absolutely. You know, I posted the other day, I don't know if you saw it, um, I posted has a question of, has anybody experienced their soul crying? Um, and what I mean by that is you, you feel yourself cry, but no mm-hmm. tears have lost your eyes. No, and, mm-hmm. and it's not a sad cry. It's a, uh, For me, it was a relieving cry. Um, have right. you ever felt your soul cry? Girl, so many times. You know, when your soul cries, though, that's just God talking to you, I feel. Like, God is letting you know, like, whatever the situation, if it was super bad, super good, whatever, you need to take heed into that. And I, I have felt that. And I know because those, when I feel that is when I take the most time to meditate and really contemplate on that. And, like, well, how do I move forward and what's my next move from this? Like, you have to listen to that. Your intuition and your soul is really talking to you. And a lot of people, like what they say, the Jimmy Cricket or whoever was is telling you um, what you're supposed to do, that's your soul talking to you. And a lot of us just don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's so true. That is so that's very a, true. Uh-huh. 
And that's an aha moment for a lot of people that don't yeah. even realize what's going on internally, you know, and you have to be in tune with yourself in order to recognize that, that you know, that voice within. Right. Yeah. You have tell to. us a little bit about the stories that you write because your your pen has evolved. You have so many other things going on around uh, writing, but your pen has evolved because you have evolved as a woman. You have evolved as Nicola. So tell us what, how has your pen changed along the years? Um, excuse me, my voice I feel. It's kind of the same because I always try to write compulsive stories that are relatable. But the way that it has changed, though, is that now I'm moving on to different genres. So before I was just sticking with the women, and that was it. Now writing stories for girls, you know, and still being transparent, still being open with girls, the same way that I am with women, because there's a lesson in everything. So even though my books are entertaining and provocative and thought um, thought provoking, now I'm doing that for kids. So I think it has evolved because now I'm just opening my fan base and my reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's awesome, um, Nicola. This is Tony. You have Hi, so Tony. many layers to yourself, and you've done gone through so many things. What have you felt? is the biggest growth for yourself? When I got diagnosed with cancer, I feel like mm-hmm. that was my biggest growth for myself because it allowed me to see that life is short and there's so much mm-hmm. more out there. And, like, hell, for you ain't did enough yet. You know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> everything else, you know, you always putting some shit off, right? Sorry, my bad. Stuff off. And, I had to tell myself, like, you don't have time. You don't know when your last day is going to be. And I think that moment really just made me a better person because Uh I really started grilling things out. You know, I'm really passive and quiet, and I'm always kind of soft-spoken. But now, Mm -hmm. even though I'm still the same demeanor, I'm, I'm moving way more aggressive and way more stronger and just making things happen faster. Mm hmm Wow. Yeah. Just from you coming into the to the chat room this evening, your energy is just so powerful. Your energy is felt before your voice is even heard, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh shoot, I like that. Hey. You like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that's that. How you I know? Felt. Yes. That's what I felt. <laughs> you know, that's the thing though. You got you people need to hear your voice. You know, you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be like hey, look at me, I'm Nicola, I wrote these 17 books, I've published 900 right. authors, I've done this. But you need to let your presence be felt with your walk, with the way you look, with your smile. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be mm-hmm. mean and a jerk. You know, like it, like I said, I was at the Black Woman in Hollywood event. There were celebrities that, that never met me a day in my life. What was in there? Smile like, hey, girl, because I wasn't intimidated. I'm like, hi, how are you doing? You're beautiful. Your shoes are cute, you know. And people feed off of positive energy. And I just try to give mm-hmm. positive any, everywhere I go. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. That means what yeah, my goal so is working. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. It's working, girl. <laughs> yes. We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. I can't wait to see you on Saturday uh, at yeah. the Vision and Books 2020. Y'all make sure y'all come out so y'all can experience 
this fabulous, fabulous author. Let me tell y'all, I don't know if you're just tuning in. If you are, welcome, welcome, welcome. But I've, here on Let's Chat, we love to give a 31 Flavors type of experience. And that's really what I want to do for Vision and Books. And these authors that I have picked to be the featured authors, uh, they are picked for a reason because I know what their pen brings and I know the energy that they bring. And so I know what the reader is going to receive uh, when they come in contact with these authors. And I, I just love, always love your energy. You're always so welcoming. You're always so encouraging. I am so very proud of you. I thank you for everything that you do, everything that you think about doing, and everything that you always put forth. We thank you so very much. Well, I thank you guys as well. I wear my I Am A Writer t-shirt from you guys still. And, you know, just have to represent. Thank you for giving a voice to the voiceless. There's a lot of authors that are out here that have never experienced someone to want to hear their voice. And you guys done that for so many years. So whatever you guys need, I'm always going to be here. I support you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for believing in me. And, you know, I can't wait to rock out with you guys on Saturday. I fly back Friday night. I'm going to go to sleep, power nap it out, and then we're just going to get it in Saturday. (laughs) That's awesome. We are so proud of you, girl. (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies. I love you so much. I'm doing my color purple, me and you. And, uh... (laughs) I can't wait to see y'all Saturday. We will see you soon. Thank you so much, and you enjoy your time in L.A. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, baby. Safe travels. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Good night. Yeah, she she is is just a positive ball of energy. (laughs) She is. She is. When I say she she encourages me, y'all don't know. She is awesome. She really is. And so anytime she calls on me, if there's anything I could do, I'm always there. And anytime I call on her, she is always there, you know, and I appreciate her for that because she's so busy. Uh, And when I asked her to do Visions and Books, I asked her, like, most of the authors were asked, like, six months ago. Um, And it was no question. They were like, sure. They didn't tell me, let me see, let me think about it. It was like, sure. Um, we got mm-hmm. one author, she's coming for her birthday. It's her birthday weekend. Um, but And I appreciate the ability to be able to have those types of relationships. Um, we have our next author. We are, I'm just, this one right here, Mr. Sean Sinclair. So many things I could really say about him. Um, he mm-hmm. is dope, y'all. He is dope to the fifth element. Um, I'm so proud of him. He recently graduated. You know, Tony and I always talk about taking bold steps in the dark. And he is always taking bold steps. He steps strong and he steps quiet. And by the time you turn around, it's like, oh, wow, he he's doing some things. Mm-hmm. That's so Welcome, Sean. Welcome. Ladies, how you doing? We are good. Yeah, Thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Please believe me. <laughs> we appreciate okay, you. Okay, so we're going to start it off with congratulations, you, your graduation. Tell us a little bit about becoming a life coach. What What was that process like for you, and why did you decide to take that that step? The process was very very um, strenuous, truth be told. 
normally with classes and stuff like that, I'm kind of a fast learner, so I'm kind of winging and mail it in. But this mm-hmm. is one of those, I really earned this one because the classes were very intense. Shout out to Coach Stacy at the ICU Academy. So we, we took the class for about three months, almost four months. Very, very intense. And basically, you know, what inspired me to go ahead and do it is because I've already had a lot of life skills. You know, I do speaking engagements and whatnot, but that certification, that piece of paperwork can put you in different kinds kinds of rooms and it kind of solidifies you and it validates your experience. Mm-hmm. So that, that's from a business aspect that made sense. But honestly, it's not even about business for me. It's about personal development. You, you ladies know me. I'm all about accountability and constantly improving yourself. And I have, you know, I have a wealth of knowledge. I'm a, I'm a man of a certain age, so I've lived a bit, and I can impart that knowledge to others. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. learn the process of doing it in the right way, and that's what that did for me. That's awesome. This this is Tony. Um, John, What's I just want to say, each time, how you doing, man? Each I'm time good. that we have come, our, our paths have crossed, and you join us here on Let's Chat. Every time you've come and we've seen you, you have expanded your portfolio. What is it that Sean feels is next for him? What is it that you want to do? And and first of all, like we said, we are so proud of of the development. We've it. seen it. We we've seen it firsthand. But what's next for Sean? Movies. Definitely okay. movies. You know, and it's funny. I tell people all the time. I'm I'm literally living out my dreams. You know, I don't make any. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't hide the fact that I've been incarcerated. And so, when when you're incarcerated, all you have time to do is think, and it goes from a point of thinking to planning, and then it goes to goal setting. And so, I'm happy to say that every single thing that I've dreamed about first and planned about since when I was inside, I've either been able to accomplish it or I'm on the way. And movies is a natural progression for me because even when I write my books. I'm seeing them as movies, and that's why they're so detailed. So it's just a natural mm-hmm. transition for me. I'm going to put Gangster Rodica on the big screen. Okay. Now that's going to be a bold move. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, it's funny because with the film industry, like when I grew up, we would watch certain movies like Angel Heart and stuff like that, and even and even Power. Mm-hmm. Power is very graphic. It's, it's pretty much it's already gangster right on the screen, but we're, we're going to go a little more deeper because power explores the drug dealer element. And as you know, when you read my books, I probably only got one series that's really about drugs, although there are crime mm-hmm. books. I like to explore mm-hmm. different things because we're in a new era, you know, and sex is key. You know, as Pimp C say, it's not tempting not dead to move to the website. So I kind of mm-hmm. want to expose that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead But just real quick The reason why I'm so adamant about movies Because no matter how good a book is It's a certain segment of our population Is not going to read a book Unless possibly they get inspired By seeing that movie when it go back So at the end of the day It's all about another mode of telling my story And getting to touch with the people mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know, we, we've been asking our guests here on the show about their um, goal moments, you know, because you have those moments when you, you, you find something within you and you just have to, to know the process to take those reins and take it. What was your goal moment for you to bring you where you are today? 
Oh man, my gold moment was when I was inside, and I just started writing for a hobby and writing as a catharsis. And I submitted one to a publisher who will remain anonymous, of course. And they stole my mm-hmm. material and made a gang of money off of it. That was my gold moment to take it serious. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an old school book where I've always liked to read, I've always liked to write. So I didn't get into the writing game from to make money. However, when mm-hmm. I saw that when that incident happened with me and I saw the money that could be made, sheesh, that was my gold moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people see that moment and they don't they don't seize it to 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 take it to the next level. And it's rare, to, and I'm going to be frank, and it's especially for a black man, you know, to, to be so focused within himself to know that I want to better myself, you know, and, and you want to show Indeed. the next generation that it can be done. How do you feel about taking on that reign? And that's another reason, going back to the life coach, you know, I, I have a very unique life, and I like mm-hmm. to say if I can do it, anybody can do it, and it sounds cliché. But the only thing that separated me from the rest of my homies that's gotten killed or inside a penitentiary, even still caught up in the street, is that I made a conscious decision not to go that route. And so now mm-hmm. everything I do, I'm trying to show them that there's more. That's definitely my motivation, my inspiration, and my passion. And so I have to keep qualifying myself in order to be a better candidate for that so they can see it. Mm-hmm. That's my way of I think back. I know. Okay, I think I know. Who inspires you, you know, from some of your various posts? But who is your inspiration for those that may not know? <laughs> oh, I could be wrong. <laughs> Are you talking praying? No, who praying, inspires you to always, huh? My son. Yes, that's who I'm thinking is your inspiration, your little man. <laughs> well, really, yeah, both of my sons. Honestly, you know, I have, I have an older son, too, Lil Sean. He's a mm-hmm. very, very accomplished rapper, too, and... Not to get too deep, but the reason why I am the way that I am with my youngest son is because I wasn't mm-hmm. able to be there to raise my oldest son. And that was mm-hmm. my prayer so many years ago. Look, if I get another chance to do this again, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it the right way. And so that's my motivation for both of my both of them, truth be told, but definitely supreme because I know he's watching me, everything I do, my little one. And they watch everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> this one hit on the beat. <laughs> And repeat it, exactly. Look, his, look, his, his favorite thing is, Daddy, I don't miss much, do I? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but true story, honestly, I have to be a better man for that. You know, one thing, uh-huh. like in my way of life, one of the worst things that we could, could be is a hypocrite. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have to be a better I have to be a better man in order for him to be a better child. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. That's true. So even with that, when he see me up four, three and 4 o'clock in the morning working, he want to lay beside me as well. Daddy, I'm going to stay with you tonight. Of course, you go to sleep by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't hang. <laughs> but he's watching, though. Now, exactly. And even little Sean. Go ahead. Even even little Sean as well, you know, he, see, he, he sees it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm still, because you never stop raising your children. He's in his 20s. I'm showing my age a little bit. I'm showing how fast I was back in the day. But, yeah, he, he's still watching as well. Because you never stop raising your children. It's just different levels. That's so that's all. true. Oh, yeah. That's so true. Let's talk Man Talk Mondays. What, what, where did you come up with the idea to do Man Talk? As I be feeling oh, the way, man. you know, I text you because I be feeling the way. I'm like, oh, you always talking to the men. I mean, we we be doing them things too now. <laughs> no. 
true. Who are you indeed. coming up with the concept to do uh, Man Talk Monday? The reason why I came up with Man Talk Monday is because I see that there's a, a paucity. Let me stop my literary words. There's a small number of men who are being men nowadays. There's an agenda to emasculate. You know, it's not just for the black man. It's for all men per se. But I'm a black man, so I'm going to look at my house first. And so there's an agenda to demasculate the black man. And truth be told, a lot of our young brothers don't even know what manhood is because, let's be frank, 80% of our households are led by single women, you know. And it's mm-hmm. not to make, take shots at them. It's just being realistic. So if I'm a man of a certain age, you know, I kind of walk the line between a young head and OG. So I feel like it's important that they know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? That that they know this is what this is what a man does. This is what a man doesn't do. Because at the end of the day, if we uplift the men, then we we, we will by extension uplift the women as well. You follow Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. We have to we have to take yeah we have to take our control back, and not on some beating our chest stuff, but we have to take our control back by learning principles of manhood, things like dignity, honor, respect, work ethic. You know, and a lot of brothers don't know they're doing wrong because nobody ever told them. So hopefully with Man Talk Monday, you can't say you didn't know. And that's what it's about, helping men become better men. And, I, you know, it's funny that you said that because, you know, as women, I think we all have masculine and feminine feminine energy, all of us. uh, Because we have our mom and our our dads inside of us. But I think even, even for me, I operate in my masculine on my masculine side so often that people don't get to see my feminine side, and when they do, they're like, "Wait a minute, what's wrong?" And I think that, <laughs> but I think that we can't help it because, like you said, the way society is set up, we have to operate operate in our masculine energy because there's so many things that we need mm-hmm. to do, and we have to be make sure that. Our foundation is solid. We have to make sure that our homes are structured. And so I think a lot of times as women, we get wrapped up in that energy, and we don't know how to let go of it. We don't know how to switch it over um, because we haven't met that that man that has said, okay, you can be feminine. I got it. Hmm. And actually have it. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, and I, I totally agree with you. You know, the problem is this. I don't know if you see my post a while ago when I said that for a woman that says she doesn't need a man, it's because she's never met one. And a lot of times, I understand, you know, I understand that a lot of women have to do what they have to do. And that's not by, by accident either, by the way. That's by design. Because when they put our women inside of housing authority places and tell them, yo, you can't stay here because the man lives here, what do you think that's going to do? You fast forward a generation, and now you got a lot of women trying to act like men, for lack of a better word. So unfortunately, whenever they do get a man, a true man, they don't know how to relate to him. They don't know how to turn that off. So they end up pushing a man away because a true man operating in his, in his full capacity and potential, he's not going to deal with a real mouthy woman. He's not going to deal with a combative woman. So a lot of women who operate in a lot of masculine energy, they think that they haven't found that man yet, but a lot of times you turn them off because a man knows what he wants right off the top. And so, you know, if I'm coming in saying, you know, I got this, the last thing I want to do is be at war inside my own home. And so we'll, we'll keep it pushing. Wow. This you know, this, this is Tony. This is Tony. You know, Sean, whenever you come up here, we get to talking this deep, 
deep conversation. <laughs> no doubt. But Lisa, you, you you just said something that kind of that kind of you know I had to think about because it's true. You know, it's it's not that me myself experienced that, but you know sometimes you can be the, the flip of it. You could just be so into your own life that you don't realize that there's another side. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put spit it out. You know, I've been blessed That's to have good. a man that takes care of everything in the house, so mm-hmm. I never really have to show that masculine side. Okay, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just pulling the curtain back a little bit. So I bet it's interesting back. to hear. <laughs> huh? I bet he's throwback. I bet I bet he's a man of a certain <laughs> age too. Yeah, he 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 takes care of his home. So when Leisha said that, I kind of I kind of felt that, you know, because for her to verbalize it that way and to make me understand it that way, it was it's eye opening, and and it just makes me re- appreciate my husband that much Indeed. more. But it's interesting mm-hmm. that she said that, and I think. That's a show in and of itself, Leash, because a yeah, lot of people walk around today that may not even know that that's why and what they're feeling. You, you see what I'm saying? So I think Absolutely. that it's important to pinpoint to pinpoint those things and to make it clear and to make it understandable so that you can act on it. And understanding yeah, and your I, why. You know, a right, lot of times ask ourselves why. Yeah, we don't ask ourselves why. Why are you operating like this? And, you know, a lot of times when you are with a man, a lot of women are excited because you have a man. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. cutting nowadays because you have to have the right type of man that meshes with you. Um, if you have a masculine, if you're a woman and you have masculine energy that you operate in, you have a focus, you have a, a legacy that you're trying to maintain and you're trying to shape, you need a man that has a vision. It, you can't be mm. with a man that has a vision. It's not going to work. It's always going to be you operating in your masculine energy. You need a man that, mm. that can match your energy and be able to allow you to step back. And a lot of times we don't think about that. You know, we don't we don't think about the why we do things. We don't think about what what we're gonna build, um, mm-hmm. what we're gonna do. Y'all gonna get married? Okay, so what you gonna do when you get married? More than just be husband and wife right. nowadays. Right. You you ha- what are you guys gonna build? And if she you're a builder and she's not a builder, if he's a build if, uh She's a builder and he's not a builder. That's going to be unbalanced, mm-hmm. and that goes back uh, back in the, when they talked about being equally yoked. Mm-hmm. Possibly, mm-hmm. but even when you're building, somebody got to hold the ladder. <laughs> like possibly, right? You do, <laughs> but if you right? if you if you have ambition and you mm-hmm. have drive and your man doesn't, mm-hmm. that's a hard situation to be in. I I, I could because you need to somebody that. that likes. Fire and vice versa. If your man has ambition and drive, he likes women that light his fire. Like, mm. keep my ambition going. Keep my drive going. This is why I do what I do because she, she got me and she gets it. But sometimes we get mm. with people that don't get it. They don't have mm-hmm. a clue. Yeah, I, can, I can go with that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I appreciate at least, you know, it's really big that you can even acknowledge that because if you acknowledge it, then that means it can be fixed. A lot of women walk around like that and don't even know it because they're on autopilot. They've been that way since they right. were 16, 17, 18 years old. And now when they're 35 trying to find Mr. Right, they don't know how to turn it off because they're not even recognizing that it's on. 
So that's big. Right. That's what I meant when yeah. I said that. And look, look at us. Yeah. This is supposed to be spotlight interviews, and Sean get up in here and got us talking about these deep conversations. <laughs> you know, we have other people trying to get into the to the, to the, into the chat room. Every single Bring time we do this, <laughs> Bring them in. Bring them in. Let's do it. supposed to be spotlight interview. We need to go in deep. <laughs> this part we of it, though, you know what I'm saying? John has so many different layers. He got so many different layers to him and so many different things outside of being an author that, that he does um, that just makes him so dynamic. Uh, y'all make sure y'all come and check him out. He's going to be at Vision and Books on uh, Friday. Hopefully we can see you at the Mixer. I'm at Vision and Books on Saturday. Hopefully we can see you at the Mixer on Friday. One of my favorite spots. so good. Oh my God! Yeah, that's one of my favorite spots. I like the ambiance. I like music. You know, music is my first love. So, yeah. When I yeah. say when I went in there, let me tell y'all. I don't know if y'all listened to the show earlier in the week, but me doing <laughs> this portion, the part of vision and books, the way I I'm I'm putting the different elements in it. I t- actually took an actual business meeting. I've never had. I've had business meetings. But not like this. When I got to the to the restaurant, I didn't have to pay for parking. I didn't have to pay for my food. I mean, it was just like whatever you want. I mean, the 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 waitress, she was welcoming. The manager, he was welcoming. And when that band came on, y'all, everybody was up in there. It was like a whole party, but it was like on a different adult level. And when I yeah, did the mixer. I, I didn't want to do it at a club setting because everybody don't drop it like it's hot, everybody don't smoke hookah, and everybody ain't doing shots. And so I have to make sure because I have so many different elements in the authors and different authors of different genres, I wanted to make sure it was a fun, friendly environment uh, for everybody to have a good time. And when I went in there, listen, the food was good, the music came on, and I understood why the line was so long outside because mm-hmm. people get in there you don't want to go home. <laughs> you want to yeah. just stay wow. there and enjoy the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is so That's awesome. True. But we appreciate you, Sean. We are going to let you go and enjoy your day. I will see you Friday and I will see you Saturday. And I appreciate Absolutely. you so very much. Oh, I have some books for you ladies too. I just remember for the uh, kids' books, I got some books for y'all to donate as well too. Oh, awesome. Thank yes, you. for the classroom. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks right. so much, You let me take it easy. Absolutely. Thank okay. You. All right, Sean. Have a good one. You too. We could talk to him for hours. I love talking to Sean, I y'all. Yeah. <laughs> his mind, you could just pick his brain forever because he can talk to you on, on just different levels. Um, and mm-hmm. he can drop down, and then he can bring you up. It's just, it's just I love talking to Sean. Uh, it's just a whole experience. We want to thank y'all for coming in here and tuning into Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha, and you know she is my right hand. And when I say she is my left, absolutely, she is my left. She is my editor. She is my homegirl. Whenever she comes to Georgia, my kitchen is her kitchen. Because let me tell y'all, Miss Tony is wife one on one, and she can cook. She makes these pancakes. I love when she comes, we eat and watch TV because, you know, she she works a lot, so she don't get to watch TV much, but we have a good time. And I appreciate her, y'all. I really do. We got our next guest. I call him Chief. 
I call him Chief. I've been calling him Chief for, I think, about eight years now. Uh, we, I met him years ago. We met him years ago in a book battle. Uh, and we have been rocking with him ever since. We've been rocking with his pen ever since. He pours into the industry. He pours into authors. Uh, and he got a dynamic fire pen on top of that. We got Arthur Cash in the building. Welcome, Chief. Hey, how you ladies doing? We are good, Cash. Thanks for joining us tonight. Okay, I've been listening. Y'all, y'all having a good time and putting on a great show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so we're going to just go back. I I want you to tell everybody a little bit about uh, yourself and your literary journey. Okay, well, uh, I started writing from prison while I was serving a long bed, and, of course, uh, writing was like, uh, you know, just a way it was cathetic to me. And so I wrote, and I... This was maybe like in, well, I started writing early in in the 90s, but I wasn't really looking to get published yet. I was just writing as far as uh, being therapeutic and being able to write some of the things I lived, but I was doing it in a fictional era, I mean, in a fictional uh, way because I like to read too. So I self-published way back before self-publishing was the thing to do. So this was probably like 2006 or something like that. And then my book ended up in the hands of Wahida Clark, who was a New York Times bestseller back then. And she read my book and wanted to republish it as the first book that came out under her label. Back then, she had Wahida Clark Presents. And so my book, Trust No Man, was the first one that she published. And I did four books up under her, the Trust No Man Series 1, 2, and 3, and Bonded by Blood and soaked up knowledge and paid attention to the industry. And then I stepped out on my own and started my company, which is Lockdown Publications. And uh, my goal with that was to be able to be a way for other incarcerated authors to become published. And so, of course, uh, 80% of the authors, and we maybe have 50 to 70 authors, 80% of the authors are incarcerated, and then we do have authors who are not. And so uh, that's been my journey there. I have, I, I think I have of my own books, like about 15 books of my own. And then with my company, we have like maybe 300-some titles out. And uh, I was released from prison after serving 27 years. I was released on September 24th of 2018. Wow. That's my story. Quite a journey, Cash. Mm-hmm. Now, for this, this is Tony Cash. For your readers that have been rocking with you since your first pen and um, since you've been released, do you feel that your pen has changed? Has it grown? Has it expanded? What, what, describe your pen since you've been out. Well, since I've I don't been know. Out, We're still waiting on the book. Yes, I haven't released the novel. However, however, so here's what I can tell you, that I think that, of course, over the years that I've been writing, you know, because I've studied the energy and I write with a passion and uh, a mission to get better, uh, of course, I think my pen is more polished than it was. So that uh, translates into where the editor 
don't is not a whole lot of red marking in it. I mean, of course it is because you have a good editor that are gonna always help your story become better just by giving suggestions. So I think my pen has improved to where uh, I think that it's it's less work to do in rewrites. But I don't think that when I was in prison, you could write from a perspective of being in the struggle. And then when, since I've been free, I've mostly been enjoying freedom. And then I've delved into a different type of thing instead of like the next book I'll put out. And I think this book will be coming out by the end of March. It'll be basically what is, would be considered a biography. So I'm doing a biography of someone who was uh, known as the Queen of Tax Invasion, Rashia Wilson. And so I'll do true crime. And it'll still be based around urban legends, people that was in the urban, uh, you know, that was, that was people that did things that relate still to the urban experience. And so it'll be true crime because it'll delve into, you know, their life, what led them to do the things they did. So I'll do that with just, you know, popular people or notorious people that have done things and are in prison. I'll tell their story, the who, what, when, how, why, and do that. And then I'll also continue to do my own work, which would be fiction. So after, the thing I can say is in writing Rashia's story, which is titled uh, The Life of a Hood Star, it has reawakened my juices to write. And so once I'm finished with her story and release it, I'll go right into a story that many people have been waiting on me to finish in a long time, and that's Bonded by Blood. I think I'll definitely be able to go in and finish then because my juices to write have been uh, reawakened. And also just being a publisher, it takes so much when you're trying to uh, make other people successful and helping to push their career, especially men and women that are behind the prison walls. And I'm trying to make sure they have a way to provide for themselves and their families. And it kind of take away a little bit of my uh time to be able to write for myself but i can promise you i got it back now absolutely now this is alicia i have a question for you now when you were behind the wall and your pen was was really fire you had a passion to write is that because of the circumstance that you were in and now and the limitations around you to be able to control a lot of things in your world at that time well, I think I definitely think that that helps your writing, especially from an urban experience and from the things you're going through, because you're also around people that, you know, they're incarcerated and they have their stories and yours. And so it's almost like a me against the world type mentality mm-hmm. where you're in a cell and you're locked down and it seems like everybody has forgotten about you and you're, and you're writing with, the, you know, the pinup uh, angst of being in prison so long. So I think that helped sort of like when Tupac was incarcerated and how much work he was able to put in and basically create some of his best work from that situation. So I think it's just, you know, it's a mindset you'll be in. And then, you know, so when you're locked up, I think it definitely gives you a stronger drive because it definitely was to me was to say, okay, I'm going to overcome the odds of being behind the walls and I'm going to do this. But I don't think that it'll change my writing 
in the sense of I don't think it'll be less passionate for all of that because my experiences are what they are. And I've been through mm-hmm. them, and uh, they have uh, left an imprint on me positively and negatively. And I can draw upon that at any moment. And it's just a matter of sitting down and writing the story. That's interesting. I want to ask you, Cash, you know, um, this is Tony. Being an editor myself, and you mentioned something about you feel that your writing has gotten more polished since you've been home and that there's not as many red marks. You know, I'm known for my red marks. How do you feel Mm -hmm. when you receive a, a, a manuscript back from your editor and you don't see as many red marks? I mean, what does that tell you, or how do you feel about that on that first draft? That's interesting that you yeah. say you feel it is polished, so it's less less marking. Well, yes, that makes me know that. Uh, like, if I I would think that an editor, if she has, if if that editor has worked with the author over a dozen books, and the author is mm-hmm. continuously making the same mistakes, you know what I'm saying? It's it's sort of like mm-hmm. once the editor has said, uh, "You do this," or they may tell you certain things to. Uh, italicize or certain things that uh, you should you should know after you know putting out a handful of books where you should understand pace you should understand the importance of the first passage of a book you should understand character build up so it shouldn't mm-hmm. be as tough on the editor however I don't think any writer can write a book and turn it in in their first draft, and they don't need to rewrite some things because that's the editor's mm-hmm. job is to take whatever you turn in and help you make it better. And so as far right. as the developmental side of my story, oh, absolutely. And while I'm speaking that out, I'll shout out my personal editor, who is Sean Walker, and she's never going to let me get away with uh, subpar work, no matter what it is. Even if she thinks it's a four-star out of five, She's going to always push me to make it a five-star. And that's my aim, to write every book that I write. And this mm-hmm. is why I don't just release anything. Like, I could release a book and say, okay, I'm going to release this, and I'm going to get, you know, these sales and this money. But me, each time I turn in a book or release one, it has to feel like a classic to me. Even if it doesn't turn out to be a classic, it has to feel like a classic. And uh, when I was listening to uh, – uh, one of the previous authors we had on and how she spoke, like one bad book and it'll turn everybody off of you. You read, I mean, you can lose a whole lot of support like that. And that's not me. Mm-hmm. I write from the heart, something that I feel. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it out if it's not my best. Mm-hmm. That's so Absolutely. True. I think the best part about uh, Cash is, he always teases me because, you know, he has he has a book that didn't really quite resonate with me. And so he, I always say he's one of my favorite authors, and he'll say, I don't know. You know, I wrote something she like, <laughs> you know, but I love I love his creativity. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think because it comes from me being able to experience a little bit of, of his creativity, uh, creative process uh, when him and Nene were writing Trust No Bitch, um, it's just it excites you just just to watch it and experience it. So when you're a reader and you're reading it, um, it just takes you to a whole nother level. Uh, just his ability to switch voices and be able to um, 
put those character voices to fit whatever area he placed them in. Like he does his research, his pen is has always been on point. Uh, and I just appreciate what he brings because he's able to take readers out of their world and place them in the his. Now, with that, what is your writing process like uh, when you have to sit down and write? What are some of the quirky things that, that you need around you to be able to have that writing element released? Well, uh, of course I need, I write better when it's solitude, when it's, you know, just me in a room or me in the house. And sometimes I write with music and sometimes I don't. The thing that I mostly do is that I do a lot of pacing. And uh, I may speak in all the character voices, and I mean verbally speak it out. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times when I'm writing, I'm up, I'm pacing the floor, and, I'm, I, you know, I can find myself getting as angry as the character gets. Or I can find myself being as hurt as the character is. And that's how I'm able to bring that emotion because I'll go, I'll be in full character mode. I'll be walking around my office and, uh, you know, talking back and forth in two different character voices to each other. And this is how I know exactly what that character would say. So if I'm just sitting there writing it, I might make them say what I want to say. But if I'm in character and I'm moving around, and all of that, the character is going to respond the way that character would respond. That's powerful. And also you can actually portray to your readers what they're feeling because you're actually in that character in that moment. So you're feeling those exactly. words that you're saying. You're feeling those themes that you're writing. So those feelings are first and foremost, those are real. Right. And and, and I know myself, I know I'm a tough person, and Sometimes I'm writing something, and it's an emotional part of the story. And I know that sometimes it just it takes my breath where I have to put the pen down because it gets very, very powerful. And I know if it affects me that way, the reader is going to feel the same. Because if I just write something, and I'm trying to make them feel something, but it's not natural, you know, it doesn't come naturally, it's not going to come across right. Maybe some people will, but... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I feel it, if I feel that emotion where I have to put the pen down and walk away from the story for a minute, I know that the reader is going to feel it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. You know, Cash, that's what Misha and I call bookitis. You know, you finish, yeah. <laughs> you finish a book and you can't pick, even think about Phantom picking up another book because that story is still resonating within you that it stays with you. And sometimes it can take days and weeks before you can even think about reading another story, and that's when you feel right. that characters that that's real, you know, that you left it that's all right. in the pages of that book. And that's what I aim to do because I don't write for entertainment. It is always a message inside of my story, and uh, you know mm-hmm. that's what I begin with. What am I trying to get across? What am I trying to convey? You know, the messages that I want the reader to be left with. You know what I'm saying? And if I have right. it in my plot into my story, you know, that's what it began with. So it's not like I'm going to write something okay and this is going to be entertaining and, and I'm going to do this. No, I need to leave them with a message. I need the reader to finish reading my book and can't read anything else for a while. And when they want to read something else, it has to be another cast book. And that's that's my aim. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, when you when you are as a publisher – 
uh, when you are signing authors, how important is it for you to have authors that have pens that can ultimately stand with your pen? Well, of course, that's what I aim for. Uh, you know, we look for someone who has the potential to uh, match that. They may not always reach it. It just depends on how dedicated that person is. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely look to that for them to be able to reach it in their own way. Not, it doesn't have to be my way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what I've learned as a publisher is that uh, sometimes a person has a very good pen. They just need a little more nurturing to bring it out, and you have to talk to them. And I talk to them about uh, improving their writing style, what's important in a story, what it takes. And there's sometimes there's a different thing that it takes to write a great story as opposed to writing something that may sell. Something may sell very well for a period of time, but unless it's truly a well-developed and polished story, well-written, with strong plot and characters, then it'll just be a story that's read, maybe enjoyed, but that's it. But, you know, I want them, and I try to, we try to work with them so that we can bring their pen up to where when a person finishes reading their story, if you call the name, the title of that book, five years later, they'll know exactly what book you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the characters within it as well. <laughs> yes, that's, and that's important. You know, so it's, it's almost like I want them to write a book, and if they use a character name, I want that name to be only their name, meaning if anyone else ever used that character name and someone calls out that character name, they're not going to think about the other person's book. They'll think about that author's book. Mm-hmm. So. Cash, we so love when you come and kick it with us in the chat room because you're always dropping knowledge. You're always dropping jewels. Uh, you bring so much to the industry, time-wise, creativity-wise, and we do appreciate you for that. We want you to shout out all of your social media, uh, where everyone can get your books. Okay. Uh, well, on, on Facebook, it is Cassius Alexander and Cash Alexander Street Opera. The same names are for uh, Instagram as well as Twitter. You can also uh, find me under Lockdown Publications on uh, Facebook or Instagram or any other social media sites will be there. Our website is LockdownPublications.com that has all of my books there and has all the books that we have published and, you know, people can see our entire catalog and purchase any book that, uh, you know, that catch their interest, whether that's an e-book or a paperback uh, book from there. And, uh, yes, that's it. It's at, uh, at Cassius Alexander, Street Lit Author, and at Lockdown Publications. Those are my handles on all social media. Absolutely. And we got to have you back on when we do our publishing segment so we can get a full hour of cash. Okay, well, you know, I'll definitely be glad to join in. I appreciate all that you do. I mean, both of you do for the industry, and uh, thank you for having me on again. You're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your evening, Cash. All right. You too, ladies. Okay. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
Great part three, Leash. Everything came out so well. Great guest, as always. Yes, yes. I'm so excited about Vision and Books uh, 2020. If you guys are in the Atlanta area, make sure you all come on out. This is our spotlight interview session uh, segment. We're actually, for 2020, we're going to be doing at least uh, one or two a show. Um, and spotlight interviews are really short interviews, and so it, we just really want you to be able to see and experience that author uh, and, and the why behind what they do, because that why is what actually create, helps create the word of mouth that that author uh, needs to be able to move forward. We will see you guys on Friday at the Sweet Georgia's Juke Joint to enjoy us, uh, the mixer. If you want to bring your donated school supplies or books, feel free to bring them. I'll be collecting them at that time as well. And then Friday, uh, sorry, Saturday will be the Vision and Books. Um, starts at 4. We're going to be bumping until 8. I have so many different things going on. Uh, we have a fitness instructor that's going to come out, and she's going to do soca. Um, which is like uh, like Zumba with a little twist to it. Uh, but she's going to mm-hmm. do a short session of like uh, that. Uh, the authors are going to also be speaking just a little bit about um, themselves and what they do. We have a lot of uh, vendors there that are going to come out and just bless us with their ability to um, be able to give us products. We have Penny Perspective that's going to be there, uh, Buff, which is uh, like body butters, creams, things of that nature. She's going to be there. Um, so excited, so excited, and we'll be excited to see you guys. And we will see you all next week. We will be back to our regular scheduled shows. So next Thursday uh, we will be uh-huh. back in the chat room. Superstar K is going to be back with us, T. So he's got some new music. So he's going to be back in the room, in the chat room with us on next week. Okay. And we have some awesome music, we, Leash. We really do. <laughs> yeah, this year, this year we we doing something a little different. We have our Let's Chat Live, which uh, is going to start probably in April, uh, and those be on Sundays. Now, Let's Chat is a free platform. Uh, it can be heard on iTunes, it can be heard on iHeartRadio, any podcast app. But the Let's Chat Live is going to be a Facebook Live interviews. And with those interviews, uh, that is a $20 fee for that hour interview um, that you'll receive uh, via Facebook Live. But we always have a good time. Uh, if you want to do a Facebook Let's Chat Live interview, no worries. Just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys, and we will see y'all this weekend. Have a good evening, everyone.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.